Hi everyone, welcome to episode 46 of Blurred Thoughts with myself, Azri and Stephanie. Hi Stephanie, how's it going? Hello. I am sleepy, but we will make, as you say, I will be interested in this topic because I know we will go down another rabbit hole as we do. <laughs> always. Another rabbit hole. Um. Okay, so as always, as always, I feel like I always say this in the introduction. Uh, as always. We are, we're always, apparently for now, <laughs> on the topic of forbidden questions you're too afraid to ask. And mm. today's question for episode 46 is, has society forgotten to care? Uh... Admittedly, this was a question that I came up with in my grief-stricken anger and pain. Um, and it was just something that... Um, it, it made me question whether we've sort of lost that empathy compass or the empathy... The ability to have empathy for others simply because, you know, there were times where I would really be feeling really overwhelmed and I knew that you know, I mean, Stephanie was busy and she's also struggling with her own stuff. And I knew I had, like, you know, two friends that are really, really free. And I remember reaching out to them and the first one just said, Oh, can you just, like, suck it up? Why are you so emotional? Stephanie is giving a face. Did I not tell you that? No. Okay, well, okay, yeah, so that <laughs> happened. And then another friend was like, Oh, just go and pray. And I... Okay, okay. I okay, I believe in religion and God. And I think at that time I think at the time when someone reaches out to you, it feels like they just need they just need some compassion and kindness. And when I heard these two individuals say that, I was just like, Wow. And why I wanted to talk about this question is I feel that this is probably why so many people with mental with any mental issues, right? Whether they're struggling with grief or depression or they whatever it is they might be afraid to speak up honestly about it or seek help because in the same vein right the fact that someone close to me I mean not very close but you know a friend could say something to me in a time of my need could say something like that made me just want to clamp up and not be honest about how I was feeling about things (laughs) and in the same vein I'll think that someone who's really grieving would just be like you know I need to suck it up because if I reach out for help, that's what people are going to say. They're going to tell me to suck it up. So instead of dealing with the embarrassment and pain that I will feel when I hear people say something like that, at my worst, I'd rather just try to figure out how am I going to suck it up by myself in my room. And for some, they pull through and make it out, but others might just really crash and burn. And that's why I wanted mm-hmm. to talk about this topic. <sighs> yes. <sighs> and I... I guess I was also looking at, at this question from a beyond an individual perspective that people, when you look at world issues and things like that, um, or even things like, not world issues, but even things like when people treat um, sales staff or cleaning staff or um I don't know, when, when people's days are interrupted by someone else, they get so pissed off without recognizing that that person probably has had a tough day as well. I, I don't know, it's just that kind of genuine human kindness and empathy. Um, and I, I guess that's kind of, yeah, where, why we wanted to talk about in terms of just everyday life, whether it's personal, whether it's observational, 
whether it's more bigger kind of societal things, if people just have become quite self-centered or self-oriented that they don't really care or are not empathetic. Um, yeah. Oh, that's so. it. Okay. She immediately threw the ball back at me. Um, okay, to that point, um, maybe I was thinking maybe you can also describe or maybe define what we think is care, like from, from mm. what aspect, right? Because I do agree with you. I think it also, you know, beyond the individual and beyond just mental health, the fact that if someone, if people in general have forgotten what it's like to care, it also stands to reason why there's not a lot of traction with certain things, Right. For example, we hear a lot of talk about pollution, for example. We hear a lot of talk about the environment or uh, food shortages, poverty. We hear so much talk, even even from developed societies, right? Like we know there are societies and communities within Flint, Michigan that still have not received clean water. Despite all this knowledge that we have, we still sort of just sit back and like not do much. And I'm wondering... Maybe before we go into all that, Stephanie, when I brought up this question to you, and because mm-hmm. I knew I was crying when I was talking about this, what, what, when you heard the word care, what came to your mind? What kind of aspects of the word care? Because I think most people just think like just a very obvious one, right? Like, oh, you're caring for somebody, or you're having a sense of love or compassion for someone. But were there mm. any specific things that sort of jumped out at you? I think for me it's understanding um like understanding another person's situation because that's when you become kind or empathetic um and i guess those three things are what i see as care where you're there's kindness there's empathy there's understanding and also kind of not seeing it from your point of view but seeing their content, like, I don't know, I guess that comes back to understanding, right? Like the two examples you brought up earlier with your friends in terms of pray or like just suck it up. It's kind of like they're projecting their own behavior or attitude onto you without recognizing what your life context is for you to feel that way, if that makes sense. Um, so I, I think those are the three things that when we say care, for me, it's like understanding kindness and empathy. It's probably where I'm coming from. Okay, so if we are talking about kindness, caring and empathy, did I get that right? Sorry, kindness, understanding and, uns- and empathy. So if we're talking about kindness, understanding, empathy, this, these mm. three, and if we are starting with the question of has society forgotten to care, where do you think the first erosion begins. Wow, erosion. Such a big word. Okay, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> like, why why or how or what what can happen to a person, do you think, that can cause them to lose these three values in some way? And maybe we can start from there and then go into a discussion. I think... Hmm, I feel like it, it's the lack of time like people don't put time to bother to listen or understand the situation and I guess it's that lifestyle we're kind of living in right we're just rushing through one one thing to the other from work to home to 
doing this to doing that. We have packed schedules, whether it's work or life, where we are just so focused on rushing through time. We we don't spend time to understand someone or listen or like take a minute to stop and be like, I, I don't know. I think that's kind of because I feel like a lot of the times when people are unkind or rude or just quite blunt or blatant about things, it it's when they kind of don't have the patience or the time to be like, like the when I see people being rude to um, the baristas or the cleaning lady or the whoever, it's usually time is kind of like, oh, when am I getting this thing without realizing that that person's been serving since 6am to 200 customers. I think for me, I think bottom line, it's time because we now live in a society where we're just kind of rushing from one thing to another and the busyness is the not trend but like it's what we're after one thing that stood out for me when you were talking about that is when you say about the listening to understand and this is something that i i feel has i think it's always been an issue from the past but I think now it's been like exacerbated and really like brought into very, very harsh light, right? That we see it very often, whether in the workforce or in the media and so on and so forth. And what I mean by that is a lot of times people argue that listening is such a, it's a rare trait or rare skill because very often people claim that they're listening, but they're not. They're just sort of like waiting to answer. So for example, if Stephanie and I are having a conversation and Stephanie is telling me about her problem for example i'm not really listening to her i'm just lis- i'm just listening for her to stop so i can throw my point in and so so now i'm i'm not sure if stephanie you realize this but for me i know this like you know if you are just you know scrolling to internet or looking at forums or whatever there's a lot of like motivational posters or like call to action about listening more you know listen um to people around active you listening. active listening uh patient listening all these different terms and i think the all of it boils down whatever fancy terms they use it boils down to the fact that they want you to really pay attention to what someone is saying not just waiting to answer or waiting to interject with whatever you're trying to say and i know I'm not sure, Stephanie, whether you agree with this, but for me, I know, and I know I'm going to put a disclaimer, I know I always talk about this, but the thing is, when... Okay, as, as a backstory, in 2007, I did a beta testing for Facebook. I was like a volunteer for like their public service. And I remember one... I have a point to this story. The story is a bit long. Bear, bear with me, I have a point, I promise. And I remember one point is they will always ask us to give a survey, like do an update on what we experience and all that stuff. And one question that always jumped out at me is like, they always will question, how uh, how much do you enjoy your time? How hooked were you on our application and all that stuff? There's always this underlying concept of addiction, like how addicted are you to it? Without, they don't say mm. it as such. There was always this underlying sort of thing. Mm. And I kept quiet, but that sort of shifted my view on social technology because social media sorry because that was like the first right facebook was sort of like one, one of the first big things that really took the world by storm and then fast forward you know um i i've brought up this book many times as well and i'm gonna keep repeating it uh it's a book by jaron lanier 10 arguments for deleting your social media accounts and his argument for why we're losing our sense of care for society is 
he's his argument was that social media makes us narcissist and i know that's a very big word to use but before i go into that maybe stephanie what do you think of his argument do you think like maybe not wholly accurate maybe not 100 percent accurate but do you think like there's maybe some shred of truth to what he's saying you know in terms of how social media platforms are engineered to be right based on number of likes and number of follows and all that stuff what do you think I, I agree with the addiction thing because we are, and I think that's not just social media, I think. We're just addicted to busyness, getting things. It's that, um, what's that word called? Instant gratification piece where we need things immediately. Whether, and to your point, it's kind of like no one waits to listen or be patient to listen. They're just instantly going to solution and being like, and this is what I sometimes, my, like people are so quick to jump to conclusions, are so quick to give you advice without actually bothering to listen or, because sometimes people don't need your advice or don't need your solution. All they need is for you to just hear them out, right? But we, we have this, like, I think, I don't think it's just a social media problem. It's just everything we've been built, like anything you can search on a touch of a button on your phone, you can order food on your delivery app, you can use Amazon and whatever you need comes to you quickly. And it's that instant gratification, busyness, quickness, speed, time, which is why I kept talking about time earlier. It's kind of where that addiction to speed in a, in a strange way is why we're, we're stopped to care. In the, in the narcissistic point of view or point that um, the book makes, I, I guess I do agree to a certain extent where it's that one platform where you're allowed to project an image of yourself um, and people often make an impression of you based on social media, right? This is kind of why, like, usually with people I know, I don't necessarily share my social media. And for me, like my social media is just for me to share my travel pictures because I do like to travel and I do like to take travel photos and I don't really care. Um, but I do know that people use social media to judge other people or use a means to express themselves, which is a good and a bad thing. I feel like for me, the problem with social media and the reason why it might be a cause for not caring is fatigue because you're constantly seeing so much stuff on social as you scroll, scroll through. You see people complaining, you see people living their life, you see people traveling, you see all these motivational quotes where you're just saturated or you feel fatigued. It gets to a point where you're just apathetic. Like when someone is genuinely opening their heart to you, you don't think it's human or you don't think it's genuine because you're so saturated by everything that's that you've consumed whether it's on social or whether it's on the internet like what you're saying like all the quotes you see on social right active listening passive um whatever it's like you see that day in day out like i share with you random sh memes and quotes every day from instagram and you can see how at to a certain point it becomes like does this even matter like everyone's saying the same thing you become apathetic to it you become fatigued because you're constantly seeing it it's not something I don't know, you just become so immune to it where it doesn't trigger any emotional response for you to care. I feel that's the problem where 
we're addicted to speed. We are so saturated with the same type of content from different people that you lose your humanness to care. And, and I think the way social media is set up, right? It's an algorithm that reinforces whatever you're looking for. So if you've searched a meme about or like to post about caring or you like to post about listening, 100% you'll keep seeing posts about caring and listening. And then the more you see that, you're just kind of fed up about like, seriously, and you reach a point of fatigue and apathy, and then you stop caring. And, and I think that's that to me is probably the driving force. I don't know whether you agree. Like, I know I've went around like five different things. No, no, I, I, I agree with that. I actually like I actually like the phrase that you used. I don't know whether that was something you coined up or something you've read. But I like the fact that you used the information saturation, you know, the that phrase. Because I think that's a very good point of like explaining what I think is happening with a lot of people. Um, because you consume so much that you're either overstimulated or you're just drained and I think that's what you're trying to say and I've seen that happen a lot with you know like basically when I'm observing people's exchanges I can see that happening like they're scrolling their phone during dinner with their family I don't know what's going on so they're scrolling their phone and then you know and then when conversation comes it's like you don't you feel like they're really not listening like their partner is talking about like oh can we do this and then the other partner is just like uh, let's go home after this. I'm like, do you listen to what they were <laughs> saying? Um, of course, that's a very scant example, but it's just something that, you know, just came to mind mm. immediately. Mm. Okay, and maybe maybe I'm not the best to say this because I, admittedly, I'm not a very heavy... I'm not really big on social media. I don't use a lot of it. Uh, <laughs> so, I I don't know. I don't know. Maybe, maybe it's me being... Trying to flex or whatever I, I don't know whether people feel that way but for me I actually like when Stephanie sends you know a lot of this stuff there are times where she sends me stuff and I do feel like you know I, I don't know whether I can achieve certain things but I like to think that it does give me a bit of hope mm. but I hope to God I never reached a point where I become apathetic to something because for me, I've always said this, and I said this many times, and I'm going to continue repeating it. I feel like sometimes the great thing in social media is that there's a lot of ways of you finding hope, right? If you were trying to, um, if you're starting a business or you're trying to change your job or you're trying to find motivation, social media is a great place for finding, you know, quotes or pictures or stories or memes or little short snippets of videos that sort of help you to find that courage or find that hope within yourself that sort of like kindling of your spirit sort of thing it's a place where anyone anyone can find kindred spirits you can find support groups for anything you can find uh, personal groups for anything you can find mm. like-minded individuals for really anything on social media which is great but at the same time if you don't sort of control or regulate your usage of time you don't control when you get notifications when do you not get notifications i can imagine how that gets very overwhelming because it's sort of like work right because work i'm sure we all can attest to this work work emails especially are ridiculous because like you could have hundreds upon hundreds upon hundreds of emails delete yeah and <laughs> and and the thing is all it takes is like you know you are somewhat 
slightly related to this little project and you're linked to 50 emails that's not even involving you. But they just like, oh, let me see, see Stephanie because she was, she heard us talk about that sentence at lunch in the elevator. Like, but that's how, how mm. pervasive it's become, right? Like, the, ev- everything is sort of like, you know, everyone is sort of meshed together. Everyone is sort of gelled together. So that's the analogy I feel like you can think of. But the mm. funny thing is, the funny thing for me, and I don't know, Stephanie, whether you agree, is like with work, people are angry about it and they want to regulate it. They sort of like, you know, oh, I don't need to know so... I don't need all these emails. I just need like, you know, to streamline this. And I'm like, why do you call for that but you don't want to regulate your notifications on social media? Why don't you want to streamline that? Because I would think social media is even more pervasive, right? Because it involves the world. You can get anything about anyone from any corner, from any news source. So... Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I don't know why people I, see that see that analogy or they see that parallel in work and they call for some regulation, they call for streamlining or like they call for trimming of the fat, so to speak, but not when mm. it comes to so- social media. I think people do though. Like, I mean, I personally unfollow accounts that I can't be bothered about anymore. Um, or like, um, I guess it's depends on who you are some people do do that and some people don't but I also think I know we've gone into like social media but I also think that saturation piece or the apathy piece comes from just general media because if you look at and I think we've talked about world issues quite a bit in different episodes like whether it's racism the environment sustainability um, workers rights or whatever you see the same thing in the news so many times you see the same posts on Instagram so many times where you get to a point where like I know this I don't really care anymore and I think that's kind of the issue where to your point everyone is so meshed and clinged together whether it's at work or whether it's just generally the world you just get so much of the same thing so many times that you just you, you're just indifferent to it now and like you know the whole scrolling thing like sometimes I do scroll past things without actually reading it or I like things without actually reading what it is like it just like I I like it because it looked nice but then sometimes I just miss the whole context of it until I see it somewhere else and I'm like oh I totally missed this and I I don't know it I think that's I don't know whether we've forgotten to care or is it we are at a point where we don't want to care like there's just too much going on that we don't want to care and to your point maybe we do need to become a bit more self-conscious or self-aware whether it's at work in your personal life on social to trim the fat as you say like it, it it's not just social media I think it's not just like unfollowing certain things on social media but also like people in around you like some people have such big social networks and social circles where it's kind of like just stop talking to well talking to stop talking to people who are toxic to you or like you don't necessarily don't really add value to you um or I, I don't know and then you have more time to focus on lesser things and maybe you'll care more and I think it comes back to that whole needing to be busy and doing so many different things kind of a expectation in society where 
people want to be doing 100 things at a time and I'm guilty of it because I am restless but where it, it gets to a point where you're so saturated where you don't really care about anything anymore I love how we are both yawning but anyway continue I'm so sorry I'm not yawning because I'm bored I'm just like tired tired um I know they oh damn see I yawned and apparently my thoughts went out with my yawn but there was something that you said that jumped out at me and god forbid why did I forget it okay never mind uh you were saying about how people should cut out you know certain friends that don't value it right and I think that's something that I could I could definitely like employ for my own life because obviously in the example that I mentioned about those two comments that I got uh those are not the sort of best kind of they're just not good people to have in your life I understand that but do you also think that you know because some people think that you know having a lot of friends is also important to them right like it's not so much about having them to value add it's more like you know if I want to have entertainment or like someone to just like you know just go out and just chill and have drinks why not I, I feel like if you're considering them from value add point of course just kick them no, out. but entertainment is a value add, right? If you need someone to chill and be and entertain yourself, it is something that you need in your life. Then that doesn't. Then that kind of like cripples your argument, right? Because mm-hmm. like because you said like if you have a lot of friends, then you should okay. So you are saying just kick out the toxic ones. Is that what you're saying? No, I'm. I'm saying I'm not saying to kick out your friends. I'm saying saying make a choice in terms of looking at why you're consuming something or why you're interacting with someone and making sure that there is some sort of purpose to it. Like, to be honest, I can get drained by hanging out with five people. My friend can be so energized by hanging out with 50 different people. And it's up to your personal choice to say, do I just need five friends or 50 friends? And it's up to me to make sure that my energy and my empathy still is intact regardless of because I it's similar like right like I'm on social media and I can follow 700 people you on the other hand prefer to just have zero followers or zero following but you will hang out with 10 different people and I'm like I can only meet one person on one day so it just depends on your own personal um preference or personal way of like what you want to consume and it can come in the form of information it can come in the form of people it's just kind of being selective in what you surround yourself with which doesn't take away your time or your empathy and apathy and whatever not and doesn't drain you I guess okay that's fair that's fair um okay i finally remember what i was gonna say because you're saying that okay so so similar to what you just said right so it's like Mm. find out why you're consuming certain things but i also remember okay maybe people should check this out and i'm not sure whether it's exactly the same but it's sort of like you know when you purchase a subscription or when you uh sign up for a program or, or you buy a product from somewhere they automatically add you to an emailing list, right? And they will mm-hmm. always periodically like send you emails with certain promotions and this and that. Literally, it's, it comes down to a point where sometimes you think it's spam because it's so often, it happens so yeah. regularly. But the thing is, this TED speaker was basically saying that it's actually very hard for people to unsubscribe to something because it's, it's easier to 
say that you know I'll, I'll take your information it's easy to say yes I'll take your information but it's hard to say no I'm not going to listen to you and I think that's what's happening with social media because people mm-hmm. are not realising the barrage of information that can come at you and suddenly having to say no to places or saying no to certain avenues and not others is very difficult because you suddenly you've gone into it not realizing how bad it is. So you set yourself up to say that, oh, okay, I allow all notifications. So suddenly when it comes to you having to sort of like, you know, like cut off certain things, it becomes very, very difficult. And I'm saying this knowing full well that I came in knowing that I have an addictive personality. So I decided from the start, I did not want a lot of notifications. I did not want to subscribe to a lot of places. Is the reason why I don't uh, follow people on Instagram because I had a very big problem on Facebook where I was just not stopping. I was just consuming and consuming and consuming and becoming very, very addicted to the thing. Uh, so having said that, right, I was thinking since we've spent quite a lot of time talking about you know the erosion of empathy and care in society, what what worries you, Stephanie, knowing that full, knowing that possibly, possibly, I wouldn't say it's a definite thing, but possibly in the future, we're going to be old and taken, mm-hmm. taken care of by a group of leaders that might not have a lot of empathy. I guess my question is, what worries you most about mm. this question? What do you think will be problems that we need to address, whether as individual society or you know, as a community or the world over? And do you worry about the future where, you know, we are going to be, we are going to be old and have leaders taking over us? And do you think that will affect certain things, you know, in industry and policies and things like that? Oof. Uh, I mean, not as if the policies and ministries we have right now are in favour of us. No, but, but, but that's the thing, right? Like, that's mm. that's why it's scary because our I I think I've always thought about this. Like if mm. because one thing I did not like when people talk about I'm sorry for interrupting you by the way, but one thing I did no. not like when people um when I have uh peers who are teachers or friends who say that, oh, you know, the future generation is gonna be so this, so terrible and I'm like, you do realize that's horrible for us, right? It it's not something that you it's not something you comment on without realizing that there are repercussions to us because it's going to affect us as well, whether directly or indirectly. So, mm. and and if you're going to say they're worse, then, oh my God, we are screwed because already now we do have a lot of issues. So if you're saying the future is going to be worse, then doesn't that, doesn't that mean that we should be like screaming out and like, you know, really trying to find some ways to make things better? So sorry, Stephanie, please carry on. <sighs> Um, to be fair, like, to be honest, I don't think I've thought about it in that context, but when you were making your point around people's inability to unsubscribe, but then almost like volunteering themselves to be hit with a barrage of shit, um, the first thing that came up to me is like, people don't want to say no. Um, and that's why people pretend to listen and then give you solutions that they've not actually listened to if that makes sense like they are afraid to say no sorry I don't have the time to do this now or sorry I don't have the capacity to do why or whatever sorry I I don't know and 
and because of that, they force themselves in a position where they are forced to listen or forced to care. But then in a weird, twisted way, that's the that's the reason why they, I don't know whether I'm making sense. Like if if you come to me and kind of like I have this problem, whatever, and I'm genuinely so busy, I know that I don't have the time to listen to you properly. And I say, um, but I still say yes anyway, because I don't want to turn you away. I'm not actually actively listening to you. But then at the end of it, it's a bit like how they just jump to a solution where they just give you any type of solution, leaving you feel a bit unheard or uncared for. And I feel that's kind of where we might go, where I I don't know. I, I feel like I'm torn or like on the fence with this because I have seen the younger generation being actually because I think we are the generation that were thrown into social media and tech and things like that as we were growing up like we grew up with technology we weren't thrown into technology right so we've seen the good sides bad sides have lived with and without it and I feel like the younger generation who've grown up with social media are aware because I've seen people be a bit more conscious about following people they want to being conscious about unfollowing toxic accounts and things like that and even in their friend circle so it gives me some hope in terms of an awareness of or self-awareness of what's my limit or awareness of like I know this is all I can take and I in, in order for me to add value to other people or care about other people, anything more than this will drain me. So I, f- I've, I have seen people who have that self-awareness. I don't know. It's a very difficult question because at the same time, the people who end up in politics are the one who, um, you know, <laughs> Azri's already laughing. So I don't know whether I answered your question, but I don't know whether I have a clear answer, but so basically, you are, you have a very idealistic view of the future. Do I? Contrary <laughs> to your cynicism. So basically what I'm hearing is you feel that people are becoming more aware, essentially, right? And therefore, you hope that... You hope, we hope, that essentially in the future that they'll be more sensitive to the needs of the community and the world around them. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. At the same time, I wonder how effective that would be, given that if you see like just in just this year i've seen so many articles on burnout i've seen so many articles um in in and in, in advertising there's been this whole trend about the great resignation or the great exit where people are leaving the industry people are quitting um and it comes down to the fact that people don't have the time they are so drained they just reached a point of apathy where they don't really care anymore and on one hand it kind of is like what is going on because people are so drained out there's they genuinely don't have the capacity to listen and spend time and care but at the on the other hand you're kind of like if people are taking action about it that the reason why people are leaving the people the reason why people are quitting is because they're self-aware it gives you some hope that people are recognizing that there is a problem and they're taking action so i'm kind of like on the fence about um what the future would look, I mean, I, I'm not a fortune teller, but at the same time, like I, I see solace in the fact that people are be, being more self-aware, but at the same time, 
I do see people being burnt out and frustrated and addicted to speed and busyness and things like that. So, man, this is such a roundabout episode. Um, to our I listeners, know. I apologize, but I feel like okay. I'll be very honest. You know, I take full responsibility for this episode because I know like this is not a difficult question to answer. I mean, I think we chose forbidden questions for a reason, but I I don't think we chose forbidden questions to have unanswered questions all the time. But I think the bigger part for me was that it came from a place where I wanted to talk about this because I think I was in a very dark place. Maybe I still am, and I did not mm. want to lose myself like what I've seen other people go through. I did not want to have my empathy and my care for people. I did not want it to be completely eroded because I could feel it slipping away. And that's why I was like telling Stephanie, like, can we please talk about this? I know we might not have answers, but I'm scared. I'm genuinely very, very scared because I'm at the point where, you know, Sometimes I just feel like I, I really don't have much going on for myself anymore. And it's so easy for me to, you know, it's like what people go through, right? Like they go through a lot of pain and grief and they just like, they're done with it and they just want to hurt people. And I could feel myself sort of like tipping towards that point and it scares me and I don't want to... I don't want to end up like that because although I don't think that I have a lot going on, I at least think that, you know, I want to be the kind of friend that would encourage you or my other friends. And even if other people are criticizing my choices and my dreams, I don't want to become that person. I don't want to be the very person that brings other people down just because I was brought down. And that's the... Mm motivation why I wanted to do this particular episode but having sorry did you want to say something continue and I'll no as in having said that you know I I like to think that there's hope because for me especially when I was you know last year I was still teaching and um you know, it, it was weird for me because that was when, uh, like I said earlier, right, I met teachers or, you know, people in the education industry who would say that, oh, the future generation is hopeless. And I know we have quite a young generation listening to us. Please understand, I don't agree with that. And for me, honestly, it was very weird for me last year because last year was, I think it was a challenging time for a lot of us, right? Because it was a global pandemic. None of us knew what to do. None of us knew what to expect. And especially from a teaching point, it was like, you know, transitioning everything online and trying to figure out what the hell we were going to do. But the fact that, you know, I had some students who were absolute angels who really looked out for me and like encouraged me and you don't expect that. I I never expected I would have 16 year olds telling me that, that I can do it, that I am good, that I am capable and I know it's silly, right? It, like, to most people, they're like, oh, they're just encouraging you. Anyone could do that. I'm like, yeah, but the fact that this is the generation that you guys argue to be the most, mm. to be the most apathetic, and yet I'm seeing them as the most empathetic, that these are boys who refuse to demonstrate any sort sense of toxic masculinity, that they would hug me when they say goodbye, that they would tell me they love me. Like, you don't see that very often last time. 
so I like to think that maybe on some very small scale, small level, maybe, you know, there is some sort of awakening that maybe there is a nucleus of a small group of people that sort of like realizing the value and the importance of being empathetic and loving people around them and encouraging people around them. And I like to believe that because I don't know about Stephanie, but for me, when I look at some, I do still use social media, of course. Sometimes when I look at, you know, someone posts this motivational thing and I'm so happy about it, you know, like, oh, someone succeeds with their business or whatever. And then the comments are just like trashing them. Oh, of course they succeed. They had like this connection. They had a rich family. I'm like, oh my God, is that what we've been reduced to? To just find loopholes in every story to just criticize and look down. Of, of course, I know sometimes certain stories do come from privilege because I see Stephanie giving me a critical eye. I understand that. But at the same time, sometimes there's, they're just everyday individuals. I'm like, why can't we just celebrate why can't we just find the good in certain stories? I, I, I hope, I hope to God we don't like start ending up just finding bad in every little thing because that'll be a mm. very sad world to live in. Oh, 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 sorry, sorry, sorry. Just before, just before I pass over to Stephanie, there was this saying that I saw on my blog that my, fr- it was a comment my friend left on my blog from ages past and she said, although life is really ugly sometimes, it doesn't mean that it's completely devoid of beauty. And I thought that was a very, that's a very beautiful thing to say. But carry on, Stephanie. No, I, I mean, I completely agree with you. And I think um, the whole trolling, trashing thing has become, while there are people who are aware and are changing the narrative around toxic masculinity, around, you know, burnout, around self-care, mental health and all of that, there continues to be a group of people who just like taking people down. And that's kind of the nature of human, right? Like that's how society works. They're going to be good people and bad people. Um, which which is why I guess the question around like the future, I think there is hope, but there'll always be people who drag you down. Um, and and I guess it's be making sure that we are like to what you are talking about in your personal kind of not dilemma, but like worried about losing your sense of care like not wanting to reach to a point where you don't care about someone I think that's what probably scares me as well because I can sometimes see myself where I've just seen so many of something and then I'm just like I can't do anything about this I don't care and it's such an easy it's an easy way out and I can so easily see so many people falling into that trap because you're kind of just like you're so done with it you're so burnt out you're so drained where you just have no energy to deal with anything um and I I think that's what's worrying with people being like coming back to what I kind of said earlier in terms of like the erosion that we were talking about People are so busy. People are bombarded with so much information constantly. They're just overly stimulated where it's so easy to become drained these days. Like there's no break. There's no pause. There's no time to reflect unless you force yourself into it. And that's where I guess people get so drained where they just don't care anymore. And I think that's the scary thought. And I guess that's where we need to be self-aware or and conscious to be like 
this is way too much for me. I need to stop doing X, Y, and Z. I need to cut out X, Y, and A, B, and C in order for me to stay sane and stay human and make sure that I still don't lose my empathy and care and understanding. Yeah, that's the thing. You know, when you were saying about uh, you're also afraid of losing your sense of empathy, right? See, that's what I mean. Because I think as a friend, my immediate reaction was to say, no, Stephanie, I think you will always care. But Mm. That's what what I told you. Exactly, but that's the thing that scares me, right? I realise now with whatever that's happened that I actually can lose it. Because even before, right, even way before, I wouldn't have needed you to tell me that because I always thought like that was something that I was very proud of. Like I was Mm. very proud of Mm. how I cared. I was proud of how I cared for people around me, for my students, for community. I cared in ways that I could control and I really went with it with gusto. But when all these tragedies befell me and suddenly I felt that that peace in my mind just telling me like why not just just don't give a shit and just hurt everyone around you. I realized that this could happen to anyone. It doesn't mean that just because you have very strong empathy that it means that you're invulnerable or that it will ne- you will never succumb to the depths of despair. And that's what's mm-hmm. scary about this whole thing. That sometimes, like, I can imagine how people lose it, right? Because if you also don't know who to turn to and talk about it, if you talk to people and they ridicule, about, ridicule you about it or they, you talk to them and they tell you to suck it up, it's so easy to just say that, okay, fine, if no one's going to give a shit, why should I? Why should I suffer so much? Why should I feel so much for people around me when they're not going to be as emotionally invested in the same causes or similar causes as me? So, yeah, you know, and and I'm not really having a point or a question. I just want to tell, say for the sake of this record, like, I think that's what, it's so scary about this whole thing that we could have the greatest empathy in the world or you know that we could be proud of our empathy i think i think we need to celebrate that right but also realize that this is not something that is although it might be intrinsic or extrinsic whatever you believe in it doesn't mean that you're infallible all it takes mm-hmm. is for a bit of doubt all it takes is a bit of doubt to creep in and then after that is just a slow chipping away at your empathy and i think that's what happened to me like I've always believed that it's strong and then last year happened and then this year happened and then multiple tragedies happened and then I'm just like, oh my god. And I'm very le- lucky because Stephanie and I, like, we can talk about this and we might disagree on stuff but I think there's something that we do agree upon, like, you know, empathy being important. But if I had a friend, if I had spoken to those two friends first before Stephanie, I could see how that might have just tipped the scales against me and I might have just decided to just throw in the towel and just walk away. So to everyone out there, I think, you know, this episode, although selfishly I feel like it's for me. Oh God, step. It's okay. Take your time. I think what Azri was going to say, it's almost selfishly to remind us that we won't lose our empathy or we won't lose our sense of self to care. It is a scary situation when you're in a society where you could easily lose it. But I think 
to your point, Azri, like we are celebrating our empathy. We like, I feel bottom line, the fact that we are worried that we would lose our empathy means that we won't. I know it's a bit twisted that way. Like the fact that we are worried about it means that we would always have a core sense of self that we we won't forget to care. And I hope everyone feels that and they're not drained by work or time or social or media or whatever it might be that drains you. Um, and I guess take a step, like have that awareness to be like, this is actually draining me. I need to stop. And I think if we do that, we won't lose our empathy or lose our inner, um, what's that called? Inner something to care. Um, do you agree, Azri? Is that what you wanted to, to conclude? Yeah, I just, I think I just, like, as I was saying that, you know, I, I think I'm starting to see, like, what Stephanie was saying, right, a lot of people are having the burnout, and I think in a similar vein, I'm starting to see a lot of people who might be in a position where they're so cynical with life, like, so many bad things have happened, and they chose to, you know, want to hurt people instead, and it's heartbreaking, but... I think I was never angry at them. I was just mm. wondering how they got to that point. And suddenly now being in this position, I'm like, okay. I I can see I can see how that happens and it's just it's so sad that they possibly they probably might not have had a safe space that they could have like found help or talked to someone that could help them or support them. So I hope, you know, this episode although I promise that I will not cry that it might encourage people out there like you know if if you're struggling with something to know that there are channels out there i'm pretty sure you know there's some like for example in singapore i think there's a, this thing called the good samaritans hotline and i'm pretty sure you know wherever you may be wherever you hail from to find avenues for help because i think at the core at our core of course like what stephanie was saying right empathy is such an important innate ability to have that is something we should celebrate and cherish and safeguard. I think that's the key word, especially with this period of burnout. It's something we need to safeguard and protect and to not lose ourselves. And I, I, and I know it sounds easier said than done, but please, I'm saying this coming from a person who has had a lot of heartaches recently and loss and deaths. So whatever you're going through, maybe it's not exactly similar to mine, but I would say I'm at least a little bit understanding of what it's like to go through some pain. So I'm not saying this in a preachy, like looking down at you sort of way, but from another broken soul that it's something we have to work towards and mm-hmm. safeguarding empathy is not, it's not something that just happens. It's something you have to consist, constantly work towards. So yeah. with that, uh, Stephanie, do you have any final thoughts? No, I guess that's kind of it, right? Like what you've kind of said, just said there in terms of safeguarding empathy, it really comes with a conscious effort and conscious awareness of recognizing that you are being drained, you are feeling burnt out and 
just pausing and taking a step back because it can be so easy to continue plowing through and <laughs> and just taking in every piece of information that's thrown at you but it's kind of taking the conscious step to stop pause take a break step back delete whatever you need to do because that's how you can safeguard your empathy because it it can be very easy to lose it when you're just overwhelmed and overstimulated so that's kind of my two cents if you will and for me um i would say be brave to ask for help. I know it's not easy. And if ever the first person you ask for help tells you something that breaks your heart, remember like that's not representative of everyone around you who cares about you. There will always be someone that will really be there for you and you have to, but you have to try because we can't all mm. guess, right? Like like even now look at Stephanie, I don't know how she's really feeling. I have to ask her like, how are you doing? Are you coping at work? Is things going well? You have to reach out and tell them that you need help and the right people the right friend the right person the right organization will always be willing to reach out to you and the second thing i'll also say is don't be afraid to just take a break for yourself whether you need to sleep rest whether you need to go for a walk or take a short vacation or whatever it is right like i think this period of a pandemic, a period of massive burnout, whatever it is, it's even more imperative now that we take care, not just to safeguard our our empathy and whatever, but also our personal health and our mental health. So yeah, I think that's my plea to everyone. So as always, thank you so much for listening and my sincerest apologies for breaking it, for breaking down on record. It's not something I think I'll be able to edit out. So my apologies. As you can tell, it's been a really tough time for me. I always think I'm good and then these sort of things happen and clearly I'm still working on it. So as always, thank you so much for tuning in. As always, this has been Blurred Thoughts. Um, please remember we have a Facebook Instagram page at underscore Blurred Thoughts and our podcast is available on anchor.fm, Spotify and every other major podcasting platform out there. So from us, Azri and Stephanie, we hope to see you again next Thursday. Bye-bye. Bye.